I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, welcome into another live edition of the Patriots Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick, joined as always by 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a double dip today uh, since the Patriots are playing basically right in the middle of the week. So uh, we're, we touched on it. We touched on this game, rather the Patriots uh, 10-3 win last night on our Patriots postgame show. But um, we'll, put a, we'll put a bow on that. We'll get into a, get into a little bit more here. Um, and then we are also going to preview the Patriots Thanksgiving night matchup uh, against the Vikings coming up um, on Thursday at 820. Um, so we'll do both of those. But first, let's get into some Patriots news. Um, there's been a lot today. Um, it's been nothing short oh, yeah. of a it hasn't been a slow Monday by any means. Um, I'm sure you're all aware now of the report that David Andrews um, could miss the rest of the season. Um, however, there's been a few corrections to that today. Um the first we'll was call them updates. We'll call them updates. Updates slash yeah, I guess it's not really a correction. We'll call it an update. But um, ninety eight five the sports hub Scott Zolak uh, said that he does did not believe that uh, it could be season ending, and he was actually he actually suggested that Andrews could come back as soon as this week. Um, that it sounded like informed speculation um, from Zoe's part today, um, but then Ian Rappaport followed that up, uh, who had the original report and said that uh, there's a chance that. He is able to return. He would be able to return late in the season, uh, potentially for the playoffs. He said it wasn't a guarantee, but there was a chance. Followed up again by Karen Garigian of the Boston Herald. She said that uh, source confirmed to her that there is a chance that Andrews could return this season. So, um, the main sort of takeaway from the Patriots Jets game was that their offense uh, struggled, and it struggled basically from the inside out, and it was directly correlating to the offensive line and. Uh, David Andrews being out would be uh, devastating to that line, and him being able to come back would be a huge push down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, obviously we already saw what that looks like, right? Right. Um, without David Andrews, we saw it for two weeks there, and they were the two worst pass-blocking games the team has had. There's two, you know, Mac getting sacked the most times uh, this season in those two games, and then he got sacked the most times yesterday where they didn't have David Andrews for quite a bit. So anytime they can get him back is great. I know Zoe said Thursday. Uh, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with Zoe. I'm just saying that would be quite the turnaround given how serious that injury was. But um, I think just the news that he could come back at all is, is very encouraging. Yeah, it's huge. And uh, along the lines of offensive line news, uh, Isaiah Wynn, who left with a toe foot injury rather um, yesterday, uh, tying into the potential potentially bulking up that offensive line. The Saints uh, just recently cut tackle Yasir Durant, who was formerly a Patriot. Um, so he yeah. will – does he have to – I believe he's subject to waivers and then could become a free agent. Yeah. Is that correct? Um, so uh, depending on the the severity of Wynn's injury, and now according to the Patriots' uh, report today, if they had practiced, he would have been limited. Um, so I don't know. I think that that's – I mean, that's big news too if they could bring back a guy like Durant who's at least in the system before who right. may know a little bit of what has gone on here, especially with, like we've mentioned all the time on the show, the lack of tackle depth uh, across the NFL. Kind of a surprise move, but uh, again, I don't know what their roster looks like. But, I mean, that could be a that could be a quick fix here as well with uh, the way they've struggled. Yeah, I mean, they definitely need to add somebody, right? right. They certainly need to add somebody. And the fact you see your Durant has been here makes him as – likely a target as reasonable target as anybody else on the market. So uh, that one just kind of caught my eye. There's no inside information here. I'm not saying they will, but they have an open spot on the active roster. They have one spot, I believe. So they have an open roster spot 
after releasing JJ Taylor earlier today. Yep. And they came into the day with two open practice squad spots. Uh, they signed kicker Tristan Vizcaino back, who'd been with them and then got signed with the Cardinals. Now he's back, but yep, they have the space and they have the cap. It would be you know minimal to bring Isir Durant in. So just something to keep an eye on. For yeah, sure. I, I I would agree. It, it it makes it makes a ton of sense. Again, with it's not like they would have to necessarily move off of someone like you said. The space is there, and uh, a guy who's been here, so at a position of dire need right now. Um, so you uh, you touched on the other piece of news too. JJ Taylor was released, and Vizcaino was signed back. Uh, he had gone, like you said, to Arizona and kicked pretty well for them actually. Uh, in Matt Prater's absence, was it Prater? Right? Is their kicker? Yes. A few weeks ago. Um, Kicked well, but they ended up releasing him, and he's back here. Um, we can we'll get into special special teams later on a little bit more, but I, I wouldn't look into that as like, a, oh my god, Nick Folk missed two field goals. They're they're bringing in another kicker. It's just that's that's got to be a uh, a guy who's familiar with the system and always having insurance when you have an open roster spot because he knows it. So yeah, oh yeah, no, they uh, they like having that extra kicker around. I, exactly. I I wouldn't like you said. I wouldn't read too much into that. Right. Yeah. Um. So that's that's the Patriots news again. David Andrews uh, potentially coming back. You see, a Durant could be a target as well. Um, and then JJ Taylor gets released, and Vizcaino's back. Uh, let's go into um, a Jets recap here, and let's just go into right into the offense um, right away. I know that the big storyline here is Marcus Jones, but we'll save the best for last, and we'll go with special teams at the end. Uh, let's start with the offense because. I know you had tweeted a lot about it today. There was some numbers about um, just the way Mac Jones had played and sort of the the pressures that you know weren't his fault. And I, I'm sure you can get into that a little bit more in depth. But they need help on offense, and I don't necessarily think it's Mac Jones' fault whatsoever. I know that we said it last night, but looking at it over again today and just sort of seeing you know how that game truly played out, it's a mess, and it's not Mac's fault. He was efficient yesterday, going twenty three or twenty seven. He they 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 moved the ball on offense, and then they would get into position to try and score, and then everything just stalled. And it wasn't his fault. They played seven offensive linemen in five spots across the board yesterday. Uh, mix and match, could not get anything going. And I mean, they need help, but again, I don't think it's not Mac's fault. They they again they they struggled, but it's not the quarterback. It's not the quarterback. Yeah, it, it, at least yesterday it wasn't. And I mean, there's there's bigger picture things at play here, but at least for Mac Jones, I'm trying to find those numbers that I had. There were a couple. Yeah. All right, so here's one. Uh, among quarterbacks with at least 30 dropbacks last week, Mac Jones had the second shortest average time to throw. Uh, only Matt Ryan, I, for whatever reason, I don't have the exact time. Here's around two points, high two point something. Yeah. Um, only Matt Ryan had less time. And that was against the Eagles. And we know that they're, defensive front is ridiculous so that's you know any any offensive line is going to struggle against the eagles the other more interesting number is i kind of went into it on 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 pff and i I was digging around i've never seen i've never gotten this deep down this angle before but pff has something that they call quarterback responsible pressures and sacks Mm -hmm. which is basically we talk about this all the time why was there a sack was it a coverage sack did the quarterback hold the ball too long was there a blown assignment on the offensive line and I'm trying to pull up the the full number here, but the gist of it right away is uh, according to PFF this season, Mac Jones has been responsible for 8.2% of his total pressures among qualified quarterbacks. That's the eighth lowest percentage. So only seven quarterbacks are causing themselves to get sacked more than Mac Jones. He's and this is going like, so you want to be low on this list. One is the worst, right? In, in in this context, he's 28th in fewest pressures responsible for and 16th in fewest sacks possible for. So the pressures really, you know, that's mostly been the offensive line. Sacks, he's about middle of the pack. But when you consider the way this thing's kind of been looked at a lot, it looks a lot better. And I'm, they also have the percentages of of where the rushes are coming from. I'm trying to pull that up, but Mike, I'll let you react real quick here. Yeah, no, it's just, it's, that's just sort of, it explains the way that you watch the game. And it's, it, it clearly shows that like, I just, I, again, it's not, it's not the quarterback. I'm not saying it's, I, I explained it last night where like, it's just 
it's hard to blame it on Mac. There's not enough evidence to show that it's on Mac because the line is so bad. They can't even get anything going to a point where he can make a mistake right. because it's so it's so awful. Um, so hang on. I, so I have the rest of the numbers. Yeah, here. you have your numbers. Yeah. So they also break it down in terms of, you know, well, if the sack's not coming from the quarterback, where? And I'll just, if you're doing the math along at home, it's going to add up to more than 100% because there's some sacks that multiple people are responsible for, right? right? Maybe two linemen get beat or whatever. So Mac Jones, like I said, 8.2% eight uh, of the, uh, sorry, this is pressures, not sacks, pressures. 8.2% of the pressures have been on him. 96.7% have been on the offensive line. That's Forget qualifiers, highest rate in the league. Guys that have two dropbacks, nobody's at 100%. Uh, 24.6 of those are coming from left tackle. 19.7% of those are coming from left guard. 18, point, 18 flat percent are coming from center. Just 6.6 from right guard, Michael Onwenu. Michael Onwenu. Yeah, yep. shout out to him. <laughs> Excellent. 41% are okay. coming from right tackle. And then there's 5% that's either other blockers that would be running backs and tight ends or coverage sacks. So, I mean, that's kind of, I'm glad I found this because I feel yeah. like not just me, me and you, like a lot of people have sort of been yelling this from the rooftops <laughs> as a visual observation right. for weeks now. And people just refuse to believe it. There's the numbers. There they are. 8.2% on Mac. Was it 96.7%? 96.7% on the offensive line. The offensive line. Yep. There you go. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's clear. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And again, there's a. I saw uh, Kyrie Thompson from WEI tweeted out today just that there's the there's fans and there's speculation like, well, Mac needs to get rid of the ball and why doesn't he just throw it away? But he's in the pocket most of the time when he's getting sacked. So it it's like have you, he tweeted, "Have you never heard of intentional grounding?" It's like he can't just right. chuck the ball away and live to see another down. It's either he's going to lose however many yards on the intentional grounding or he's going to get sacked anyway. So again, I. I'd be interested to see how they move forward without Andrews for some time because on one hand, it's like if Andrews was going to be out for the season, that you don't want that, obviously. But, you know, if if you can at least get some consistency there, then maybe that can line up to have them see better days ahead where, you know, if it's going to be Ferentz now for a while and then Andrews comes back and they're shuffling again, it's like it's, you know, being consistent up front is, is just as good as – having better guys up there, I guess. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Hopefully Andrews can come back, but uh, the shuffling around the offensive line is, is no bueno. Um, and now Isaiah wins banged up now. So a guy who was let, let's, let's track this now. He was benched. He was brought in for a bench guy. He was yeah. added in for Isaiah win after the bench guy got comes back and now he gets hurt again. So Isaiah wins been up and down, and around all over the place and it looks like they're going to have to rely on him again because well they were going to have to rely on him again again because filling in for 
if they shuffle around with Ferentz and everything. But now he's hurt, so it's just it's all a disaster, and it's 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 no good. And you got something up with Trent Brown now too because he he didn't play either. So uh, no fun around the offensive line. Um, but another sort of piece on the offense from yesterday that I kind of wanted to get your opinion on if you had yep. seen any of it sort of where uh, where they went with it was the report that they worked all week over the bye week on getting their timing right with the receivers because that is what you have to do in order to get your offense to meticulously move downfield but I mean Ramondre Stevenson was their leading receiver there was a few drops. It still seemed like guys weren't in correct spots. Sometimes Mac was forcing throws and, you know, it, it wasn't right on the numbers for guys. But, I mean, they still did not look any more in sync this week than they were in weeks past. So, did you see any improvement from the wide receiver room? Not a t- it, it goes back to, to the <laughs> offensive line, right? Like, yeah. I couldn't tell. There's not that many opportunities. There are a couple plays where guys still aren't turning. I always thought from the beginning it was the design, not the execution. Like, you go back to the Dan Orlovsky video, right? Right. That just felt eight weeks in to still be doing that. That's that. It's not a miscommunication thing at that point. Right. Like there's it's clearly being done with intent for for better, worse, for whatever reason. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So, I, I, I again, it's, it's just so tough because the offensive line, you don't yeah, know. I know. Most of his throws, he's just off the back foot, checking it down to running backs or tight ends. I, uh, I, you know, Ramondre tied for the team lead with six targets. John, who had four, like those guys were heavily involved, which seeing John who get inv- as involved as he did was excellent. And, and, and yeah. we'll get into that, but they need to keep doing that. I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to what my line's been and I'm sure people are sick of hearing it and I'm sure people are frustrated and I'm sure some people think that it's me covering for not knowing, but it's the reality. It's so tough to tell when you can't get it blocked. It's just so tough to tell because the play doesn't fully develop. Yeah, it's 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 true. I mean, they're they're not gonna. I, I see, I see a light at the end of the tunnel because they were able to move the ball pretty well between the thirty fives. Like they, right. they, you know, they which I mean, granted, if you think about that, that's not that much space on a football field. But there were times where they were really moving the ball, and then all of a sudden they just stalled. And the reason they stalled. It looked to be the offensive line at times because they would get there and then Mac would get sacked and they'd back up. But it also could be the play design as well in the execution, right? Because they all of a sudden, instead of having this awesome full house backfield that they pulled out yesterday, which which worked a few times for a, a couple plays, um, they just get up there and then they, Mac just is there's guys in his face. And so you hope that again we've said it for every single week now. It's it does truly sound like a broken record, but. Look at the film, find out what works, throw away what doesn't, and just keep moving and get get the offense in the end zone. The other thing that I'd say, too, is that the wind yesterday was pretty wild. I sound like Zach Wilson after the game, but it really was a factor in the way um, teams decided to kick or stick and what have you. And clearly, Nick Folk missed two kicks as well. So that game could have changed and could have been, um, I guess, a bigger, bigger margin of victory for the Patriots if Nick Folk makes a couple kicks and if they – trusted folk um closer which a, a few times they went forward on fourth down they one time they didn't get it the other time uh actually two times they didn't get it i think but regardless i, I mean if they they had been able to trust folk a little bit there too then they might have won the game and uh with their offense and not having to do it with their their return uh specialist marcus jones but um that's sort of what i have on the offense yesterday they're gonna have to you know take a look in the mirror these next couple of days and kind of see how they can go and we'll talk about that in a few minutes when we 
figure out where they're going to go and kind of match this thing up against the Vikings. But uh, any last thoughts on the offense from yesterday? Again, the tight ends got more involved, uh, especially yeah. Johnny Smith. And I don't know if that's just a Jets thing. Like some of his most productive games with the Patriots have come against the Jets going back to last year. Got six touches in the in the first quarter of the second meeting before he got hurt. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's a Jets. And then that di- the diamond formation, the um, – what did Paul call it? No, Bob called uh, the inverted wishbone, the inverted bone. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like those neat little, that's a neat little wrinkle. Getting the tight ends involved, both tight ends on the field is good. Was it just a Jets thing or is that something we're going to see more moving forward coming out of the bye? That's something I'll be watching here, you know, moving forward. And I think you get two short weeks, it would make sense for it to continue to hang around, right? Right. Well, we, because we, you don't have a ton yeah. of time. So, yeah, I mean, we saw it early and uh, I was like, oh, wow, maybe they really truly did. I think it, a look in the, was it the first play I think was I out think, of that formation. Yeah, they motioned it into it. They didn't line yeah. up into it, but they motioned into it. Right. And it was like, Oh my God, maybe they truly did revamp this offense and make a ton of adjustments. And they're going to be able to, you know, move the ball downfield and <laughs> sub in Raleigh freaking web in the offense, which I mean, that was fun and all, but if you're turning to Raleigh web on your offense, something's wrong. Um, so. Well, so what I wonder about that is remember they cut LJ Humphrey last week, right? Raleigh Webb's is like a strong, scrappy guy. Is he yeah, the, the blocking one, wide receiver, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Because the one play he was in, he, it was a crack block on like a, um, right. I don't know if it was off tackle or a sweep or something like that. But um, so, yeah, again, if they're, I mean, if, if it works, great, I guess. But that my whole thing is like, okay, we're really have to sub in Raleigh Webb here. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it together. But building off that before we get into the defense, I agree because. Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry are two guys, two of the most expensive tight ends in the NFL. And two years prior to coming here, they were two of the top seven tight ends in the league, maybe. Johnny Smith's fast. He has skills. Get the ball in his hands. Like, granted, you know, it sounds, it's kind of stupid because, not stupid, but yesterday, you get the ball in his hands on a jet sweep and he fumbles when he probably could have walked in for a touchdown. Right. Again, he's probably like, holy crap, they actually gave me the freaking ball. I don't know what to do with the thing now. So, I mean, get you know, get the ball in his hands and you're going to have you're going to make things happen on offense. But uh let's get to the defense and I do want to mention just because a lot of uh a lot of Twitter comments and a lot of YouTube suggestions that when I was talking about them yesterday, I suggested that it was a bad offensive game and not a good defensive game. So I do want to give the Patriots their flowers on defense because as bad as the Jets were and as bad as the Patriots were, the Jets were, I mean, the Patriots were really good on defense yesterday. And as as bad as Zach Wilson is, the Patriots made it happen because Zach Wilson has played right. better in better games against other teams. And they just completely threw him for a loop yesterday. And whether it was the way they schemed it up or the fact that the last time they played, he was so loosey-goosey with the football and now he was being way too conservative and that's why he only completed what was it seven out of 22 passes or something nine out of 22 whatever it was um so yeah i mean the patriots were great yesterday on defense and it it mixed in with their bad offense and the jets bad offense but i mean matthew judon fringe defensive player of the year sack and a half five tackles he's disrupting the backfield almost every single play it feels like um he, those red sleeves are there every single time um but yeah, I just wanted to say defense was great yesterday. And the other thing sort of with Zach Wilson now that some more news that came in today was that Jets head coach Robert Sala now says that uh, they're not sold on going forward with Zach Wilson. Um, so in three consecutive weeks, the Patriots could have Sam El- – or the, I, it was another thing from Kari from not, uh, WEEI, but Zach Wilson gets benched, Sam Ellinger gets benched, and then yeah. what happened before that? Who'd they play before that? Zach Wilson again. Oh, so Zach Wilson was just a dumpster fire anyway. So that again, that they, they've been great and they're they're turning quarterbacks into puddles. Yeah, Zach Wilson's just not good. I've said this. I've been right. saying this. He was my QB six in the 2021 draft. People who've watched the show for a long time know I had him below Kyle Trask. And interesting. A lot of what we've seen the last Chris Sims, weeks. he was Chris Sims's quarterback one that year. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris Sims was wrong. And I know Chris <laughs> Sims, very we wrong. always like dump on Chris Sims and then he ends up getting it right. Right. Uh, this is where he was wrong. Rare miss for Chris Sims. Zach Wilson has all the stuff that you'd like a quarterback to be able to do, but you don't need him to be able to do right. right. The ability to throw the ball 80 yards, some of that athleticism. 
What Zach Wilson doesn't have is any of the things you actually need a quarterback to do. Pocket presence, poise, accuracy, leadership. Right. Uh, I, I don't remember if we kind of took our got our shots in on him last night. Uh, I don't think I, we touched on it too much. The leadership I was cer- a disaster after the game. I certainly had my fun with it with Matt Dolph today on the Sports Hub Patriots podcast. People can check that out on 98.5thesportshub.com. They had as many yards in the second half offensively, the Jets did, as Zach Wilson's jersey number. And in a close game like that, I don't care if you're Jamie Collins. I don't care if you're Aaron Donald. I don't care if you're Alex Verdugo. I don't care if you're Manny Ramirez. I don't care if you're Wayne Gretzky. I don't care if you're Jay Crowder. Your jersey number equaling the number of yards in the second half is not acceptable. It's just yep. not. And then and, and it happens. It it that's not to say like that in its own right is disqualifying. It it certainly happened to Mac. Right. A guy I defend sure. and a guy I like. But you know what happens when Mac Jones has a bad game? Mac Jones goes up to the podium and openly talks about how he had a bad game, how he needs to be better, not the team, how he personally needs to be better. He's had good games and gone up to the podium and talked about how he personally needs to be better. Cam Newton did the same thing. Tom Brady did the same thing. Zach Wilson goes up to that podium, (laughs) negative 21 passing yards in the second half, negative passing yards. We never talk about things in that context. He goes up to the podium, gets asked if as an offense, not even him personally, it's not like the reporter was trying to take a shot. Nope. Asked if the offense collectively let down the defense. What did he say? No, no. And he walked off. And he was going to say, he looks away as if like, that was like the reporter being rude. As no, if he no, I'll tell you exactly what he was looking at it. No, I'll tell you exactly what he was looking at. He was looking at the Jets PR person as if to say, are we done? Yeah, he was looking what? at the Jets PR person for the thumbs up to let him get off that podium. He got the thumbs up and he left, which is a shame because I really would have loved to hear a follow up question. Really? Or why not? Right. That's not. And then the report that he's walking around the locker room like it's not his problem, like it's not a big deal. Talking about the wind fraud, fraud. That's yeah. not forget the talent aspect of it. Like we will put that to the side for a second. That's disqualifying. As a starting NFL quarterback, you if you are going to be one thing, and look, I rip on a lot of quarterbacks on this show. I have a very high standard when it comes to quarterbacks. Some yep. of those guys I've ripped on. Jimmy Garoppolo is a perfect example of this. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the best teammate as a quarterback, but he's accountable. When he makes right. bad plays, he will talk about it. I, I don't know. Give me another quarterback I've ripped. Um, I mean, you know what? Honestly, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is say, the example to, here. Two weeks ago, Josh Allen yep. went up there and talked about how he personally didn't play well and all the credit in the world to him for that because this is a guy that from the beginning of his career knows a thing or two about not playing well. The standard for him is pretty high right. and uh, he's not a guy that I think necessarily needs to sit up there and say that in that situation. I think it's great that he did. I don't think he's wrong. I don't disagree with him. Right. But I don't know how you look at that as a coach, as a teammate and say, I'm willing to get behind this guy. And that, to me, Zach, Robert Sala saying, well, I need to still consider all the factors before I decide on a QB. It doesn't have to do with Zach Wilson's play. I think no, it's that, that it's it's the way he handled 100%. the postgame. And considering the factors, to me, means talking to guys in the locker room, talking to the team captains, talking to the coaching staff, and getting the, getting the temperature. Because if that locker room doesn't want to roll on with him, They'll roll on without him. See you later. Right. He is not an NFL quarterback. And I go back to, I'm sorry, I got to do this rant now. because it's been no, This is great. Makes my job I, easy. I, I got to go back <laughs> to something that, that, you know, a big part of Zach Wilson's identity when he was in college at BYU. And I, I, I kind of made a, a, a tongue-in-cheek joke about this last night. But people have kind of talked about his acumen and his background. Remember the headband? Any team, any time, any place? Yep. And... That it was the COVID years, 2020. The schedules were weird. They were especially weird for BYU, who's an independent, but they were rolling. They were a good team. Yep. And there were, you know, there was like, how does BYU get enough games to get in the playoff? Like they need to beat enough teams. And there's a team down in Conway. I want to say North Carolina. I forget south. if it's North or South. south it Carolina. is South. Okay. I apologize. Yep. Team down good. South in, in Conway, South Carolina, school down South Carolina called Coastal Carolina. 
that was also undefeated, that was also rolling, that was also ranked, and was kind of in the same predicament. They had a conference, but not every, you know, school in that conference was playing. And BYU Coastal, one of them is going to get a big-time resume win and a shot yep. at the playoffs they play this game. Any team, any time, any place? No. BYU had to be dragged into playing that game. It went on and on and on. And I'm not saying that to say that Zach Wilson's the one who was there pounding the table. Right. He wasn't in the athletic director's office. Right. (laughs) That's the environment he was in. It was any team, any time, any place until it wasn't. It's any team, any time, any place until you got to go face Grayson McCall and Isaiah likely. It's any team, any time, any place until it's a little windy in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Red flags. Red flags. Well, it's fun. It's like the red flags are insane. It's, I mean, blaming the wind is like so, you have to get up there and be like, we just have to be better and make it happen. You don't even have to blame yourself. You can still right. say we, but say we were bad. And, and he can't even, even get himself to say that. He didn't even talk around the question. Again, right. going back to, did you let the defense down? Right. There was no, well, it's a team game and complimentary football. And he didn't even go to the wind of the air. He just right. said no, which right. is there's a lot of ways he could have answered that question. It's not an easy yeah. question to answer, but no is not the right answer. He, he could have like talk, talk around it. Talk. Yeah. You know, we, we, we all put a lot of work in and it's, you know, he played tough great game. today. <laughs> it's three phases. They certainly played well. Dude, just ramble. Just how many times do we see Brady do that? Take a tough question and go on for five minutes and say nothing. Right. Dude straight up said no and left. Yeah. Red flag. And the other thing too, that not, not an NFL quarterback. The fact that they're looking to potentially turn to someone else. I don't know if it's going to be Joe Flacco or if it's going to be Mike White, but I think it's going to be Mike White. If it's Mike White, but if it's Mike White, that's a guy who was sensational for a game last year. The next game sucked. And he at the podium said, I need to be better. It was on me. I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he's a guy who's accountable. Zach Wilson's they not accountable. Mike White in that locker room. They, they love really Mike do. White. They do. He's yeah. he's a so, leader. It's that's quarterback is truly like uh, it's not a 50-50 split, but the intangibles and the brain and the head on your shoulders is such a huge factor at being a leader and a quarterback in the NFL. And if and you can't go ahead. No, no, I, I just, I'll add one more too. And I, not to keep harping on it, but I think no, it's, 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 it's another quarterback in the division and it's, it's kind of, you know, low hanging fruit. Um, and, and I, look, I'm somebody, I'm a big Mac guy. I will admit the book's still out on Mac. He might be an NFL sure. quarterback. He might not. Zach Wilson isn't. And what blows my mind when you talk about the mental element of it being so important and people say, well, it's the jets. How well are they coaching him up? First off, I respect the hell out of Robert Sala. I think he's a good coach. Second of all, We've talked a lot about how valuable Brian Hoyer is to Mac Jones, just teaching him how to be a professional quarterback, an NFL quarterback. Say what you want about Joe Flacco, and we can sit here and laugh about the career Joe Flacco's had because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the success he had for the skill set he had is tremendous. But Joe Flacco was respected, was a respected leader, and came in and up in a locker room that had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. That's a guy that knows a thing or two about being a professional in the NFL. 100%. And I'm, I don't think he's the kind of guy that just would withhold that information, not in this instance. So I would, He knows I his role in New York. But my point is, again, Ed, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, two of the greatest locker room leaders this game has seen. Mm-hmm. Go watch Ed Reed's towel speech. I can't rec- – just Google Ed Reed towel speech. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. I can't recommend it enough. It's just great life advice. Mm-hmm. I, he, Joe Flacco, at least at some point, maybe now it's it's too late. It's, it's past the point. But I'd like to believe at some point Joe Flacco tried to pass some of those lessons down to Zach Wilson. Right. And they clearly were not received. It's yeah. mind-blowing. Yeah, he just – he's not a sponge, clearly. Again, I, I, I'm a – as much as you have a very high standard for quarterbacks, it, it's – to a fault, I basically like every single quarterback who at least can and show something. Most at people some do. Point. That's fine. Yeah. So, like a guy like Joe Flacco, who not only took the Ravens to a Super Bowl victory for outstanding play over like a whatever eleven week span it was, where he was just a beast, but a guy who knows his role in the league now. He doesn't ask to be a starter. He doesn't say I'm a starting quarterback. He goes to um, Denver, loses the job, is respectable. He's a guy in the room. 
He goes to the Jets. He's again, it's it's a numbers thing. This is crazy, but he's he's wearing number nineteen. It doesn't matter. He's just there to be a brain and make get a paycheck, but also knows his role. Like you said, I there's there's almost no way he wasn't pat, trying to pass down some lessons to Zach Wilson. If he can't be a sponge and just grab that from a guy who's won a Super Bowl before and been able to, like you said, lead right. a locker room in that manner, that shows that Zach Wilson just doesn't have it. Um, skill set or not, he doesn't have it upstairs, and that's that's all you kind of need to know about Zach Wilson. Um, right. So that's our Zach Wilson rant. Um, my one last thing on the defense here is just, um, and I mentioned it last night too, but I've talked about it all the time, it's Kyle Duggar because he is just a freaking monster. Seven tackles, one sack. The second, if we're talking plays of the game, it's Marcus Jones's punt return, and then it's Kyle Duggar's, Duggar's stop on third and one, the play beforehand. Because if that doesn't happen, the punt return doesn't happen. The Jets either bleed the clock, the game goes to overtime, you have no idea what happens. Jets throw the ball to Michael Carter on third and one. Kyle Duggar, right place, right time, all the time, stuffs him. Uh, forces the Jet into the punt. Patriots call timeout, the rest is history. Um, he, it, he'd he be a snub if he doesn't make the pro, pro Bowl this year, in my opinion. He's just he's the anchor to the back end of that defense, and they need him going forward if they want to continue to play this type of defense. Yeah, that we, we've seen. It's kind of like David Andrews, right? We were talking yeah. about earlier. They're going to lose him, and we've already seen what it looks like without him, and it's not There's pretty. a trickle-down effect, yeah. Kyle Duggar the same way. He missed a couple games. You know, he missed a game, and he was playing some half games early in the year. And it's a different defense when he's not on on the field, especially in the secondary. That's a guy that they need. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's. I mean, that's that's mine on defense. Do you have anything more before we get into the special teams? Because the special teams is good for this game. Uh, just I kind of noticed they they didn't do it a ton. They occasionally went with uh defensive uh a secondary trio of jonathan yes. jones jack jones and jalen mills i think we talked about this yesterday they didn't do it a ton that when they did do it they did it on third downs which well, jack jones only played jack something. jones only played like 17 snaps which was his lowest since week one so i don't know what what they're doing there with jack jones so if they if this can work my guess would be the jets are a run heavy team they know that jack jones struggled as a tackler against the Jets sure. in that first matchup. Remember he had a couple of plays that got extended. So I think that was probably a matchup thing, but the fact that they will to put those three corners again, Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, Jalen Mills, all in the field together, moving Jonathan Jones back into the slot. That's their best three. I'm not saying they need to run it every time because miles Bryant's actually been playing pretty good football since uh, about like week six. Yeah. And Marcus Jones is, is coming on strong too. So you can mix those guys in, but Kind of as a gotta have it package, it's nice to know that that's that's in the repertoire. That was that was yeah. cool to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we get into special teams, I do want to talk about our friends over at LinkedIn because um, these days, you know, who's going to yeah. need LinkedIn soon? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson yeah. will need LinkedIn soon. Yeah, if 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 he can't stick around, uh, guys like um, Melvin Gordon is going to need LinkedIn soon. He was cut today. No. Yasir Durant might need to use LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if the Saints are going to post their tackle job on LinkedIn, but if they do, make sure they use LinkedIn.com slash beat. Um, <laughs> because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. Um, I mean, you got guys like me and Alex Barth working for you. You, you know, you're doing something right in the job searching. Um, it's super easy to post your job. You add your listing and then you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions, which make it super easy to focus on candidates uh, that you want to hire um, around their experience, which can help you prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Um, you know, as we inch closer to the end of uh, 2022. Now's the perfect time to add the right team member. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Special teams, Marcus Jones, play of the game. Four punt returns in the game, 109 yards uh, total. He averaged, uh, I want to say, I got it in front of me here. He averaged 27.3 yards per return. Well, he's able to flip. I know it's on average, but it, he, yeah. you get the point. He's able to flip the field for him. He gets some good field position when he's there. Um, and he makes play of the game. 
uh, Michael Pilardi on special teams as well. He had seven punts, which was uh, about seven too many in real life, if you want to talk about it. But he had a 45.3-yard average, and again, he was also able to flip the field for them as well, something that Jake Bailey wasn't able to do. Um, the one, two, if you want to go two up, one down, it's Nick Folk missing two kicks, but I I don't think it was Pilardi's holding. Um, I think it was more so just the environment they were in with the wind and everything, and it could be more so a tempo thing with a new holder rather than them necessarily being bad holds, if that makes sense to you. Um, so, I mean, I trust Nick Folk moving forward. I don't think, I don't think you got to burn that bridge anytime soon, um, right. but struggle there. But again, good special teams all around. Um, you can gush over all the rookies if you want, because I know that's, that's your, that's your thing here with Marcus. Yeah, Jones. no, it was, I mean, it, it was just a great effort all around and that special teams unit struggled so much last year. Yeah. And we, we talked about the retooling, right? Justin Bethel out, uh, Brandon King out. They, they brought a bunch of guys in, whether it's yep. DeMarcus Mitchell, Brennan Schooler, Raleigh Webb kind of came in a little later. As a, you know, He's still a rookie. He's a UDFA, but he was with the Ravens. He got waived. He ends up here. So they, they, they've kind of rebuilt that core, and it's starting to show up. It definitely took a bit of time, and it was interesting to hear Bill Belichick say, I don't remember if it was last night or this morning that he said it, uh, that they didn't. They didn't trust Marcus Jones as a punt returner at the right. beginning of the year. Yeah, they that didn't. was last night. And now, clearly, they very much do. So, you you see, and, and I asked Devin McCourty about it last night, and he talked about how, you know, Brennan Schooler just follows Matthew Slater around the facility, just mm-hmm. everywhere he goes. So these guys clearly get it, and you can see the growth kind of happening in real time. And when you're winning games in 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 the manner that the Patriots are winning games and designed to win games, right? Close games, low scoring games. Special teams is massive. So it's not, they're going to need this group to step up again. They're going to need yep. this group to step up again. And I think uh, even beyond, obviously the game winning plays a huge deal, but even beyond that, I think there was a lot to like from that unit uh, on, on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Um, but now they have a quick turnaround, Alex, uh, because yep. they are now playing the Vikings on Thursday night. Um, they got to turn this thing around ASAP, head to Minnesota on Wednesday game on Thursday night. Uh, the last time the Patriots played on Thanksgiving was the butt fumble game, which uh, that's a little fun statistic. Jets beat up the Jets uh, yesterday, and then 10 years prior, they did the same thing to them on uh, Thursday night uh, on Thanksgiving. But um, I don't know. Are you are you a butt fumble guy? I know you're you're a Patriots oh, nostalgia guy all the way. Sometimes I'm just I get sick of everything like 28 to three. I'm just so sick and tired of and I'm a Patriots fan to the core. But, you know, these things, it's like, OK, we get it. Mark Sanchez ran into the guy's butt, and we get it. The Patriots came back from twenty-eight to three. It's fun, but uh, anyway, that's that's that was ten years ago. Um, plenty of injuries to get to, but we'll tie them into offense versus defense here. Um, we're just gonna go and preview offense and defense, and maybe we'll touch on special teams as well. Um, but as far as an offense goes against this um, Vikings defense. The thing we talk about on this show all the time is having a guy at each level, and the Vikings certainly have that here. They have Zadarius Smith up front, uh, Jordan Hicks, and Eric Hendricks uh, as solid linebackers. And then on the back end, Harrison Smith and Pat Peterson, as old as they are, they're still solid, and you have to at least worry about them. They're not guys you can just write off. Um, So it, it worries me in one sense where, like, okay, sure, the Jets are a better defense than the Vikings this season, but... They had nothing. They could not score points yesterday. They could move the ball, but they couldn't score points. I think they'll be able to also move the ball against this Vikings defense. Teams have done it this year. Um, I think they've let up the third most passing yards in the NFL behind only the Falcons and Steelers. So, like they're they're a defense that can be can be had, but the Patriots need to punch the ball in the end zone. Uh, they need to finish their drives. So, um, again, I think it can work against this Vikings defense, but they really need to polish up what they did uh, yesterday. Their defense to me is is one of those units, uh, and you, you see these every once in a while across sports. They're kind of like the Los Angeles Lakers. If it was like five years ago, their defense yeah. would be loaded, right? Yeah. Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith, Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, good Dalvin players Tomlinson. like Dalvin Tomlinson. Like, yeah, Patrick Peterson is still pretty good, right? Zadarius Smith is still pretty good, but they're not the players they were. Sure. Yeah, I, I, the, the Vikings front's really good. The offensive line's going to get tested. I don't know how much they'll be able to run the ball. but Which is it, similar to the matchup against the Jets. But the Jets have Sauce Gardner. They've got DJ Reed. They've got LaMarcus Jordan. Like, the 
we do the three levels thing, right? Do the, yeah. the Vikings have playmakers at all three levels? I look at this Vikings defense here. Let me pull up the chart. I'll still call Darius Smith a playmaker for sure. Definitely. I think he has like nine and a half sacks this year. He makes, he makes yeah. it happen. I mean, Eric Kendricks is still pretty good. I don't see one at the third level. I don't like Patrick Peterson's not on that level to me anymore. Harrison Smith is not on that level to me anymore. I see. Like, I, I disagree. We haven't disagreed in a few weeks because it's been all Patriots yeah. and whatever. Uh, Harrison Smith worries me. I think he has four interceptions this year. Um, they're not, not throwing so the ball down the field though. They're not like, they're not gonna, he's a, but he's a guy you have to worry about. I guess. Like, I think you actively game plan away from him. I think they can throw the ball on this defense. Assuming they get it blocked up front. Like the receivers are going to have opportunities. Uh, they, they don't have a second corner. They've been rotating at that second corner spot. Yeah. They tried the rookie Andrew Booth Jr. last week. He got hurt. He didn't practice today. So, you know, what are they going to look like at corner opposite Patrick Peterson? Right. Uh, Harrison Smith can only cut. Like, the biggest thing with Harrison Smith is he used to be a guy that could truly play sideline to sideline. He's not that explosive anymore. He's going to be really good in his half of the field, but he's going to be in his half of the field. So, they'll they'll figure things out. I, I actually... I, I think that they will be able to throw the ball a bit in this game. I really do. Even with the protection, because assuming they get a block, sorry, assuming they get a block, that's what I, that's what I worry about. You just have you, to do every show. Might as well change where it says Patriots beat at the top there too. Assuming they get it blocked because that's basically yeah. going to be the qualifier for the rest of the season. But it's, it's, it's such a major qualifier. Like, I mean, obviously, but you know, they, the, the Vikings rather have this app. They have a, okay run defense, but I mean, guys like, you know, like I mentioned, Dalvin Tomlinson, Zedaria Smith, like they're going to make it difficult on this piecemeal offensive line that the Patriots have. So it's not, you can't just assume that they, and I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying assuming they put it together up front, assuming they can protect it, assume it like that's not uh, an easy assumption. So I don't know. It does. It worries me a little bit what they're going to be able to do offensively here. It does. At less than it does against the Jets, though. Like, that's the thing. They made progress against the Jets. The Jets yeah, have a much that's... better defense than the Vikings. If they can build on what they did, they'll be in okay shape. If they can build on what they did against the Jets. Yeah, uh, that's that's sort of how I see it, too. Because, again, they move the ball against the Jets. So, right. build on that, and you'll be okay. That was the second um, most passing yards the Jets have allowed this year, by the way. Yeah, what was first? I read that, but Joe I Joe Burrow. See... Joe Burrow oh, at 270-something. Okay. Mac Jones at 249. But, okay. yeah, I mean, they relatively speaking, like they did. Okay. Right. If they build on that. Like the Vikings defense is just not as good. It's not, it's not bad. It's not a bad defense. It's not as good as the Jets. Yeah. Um, sort of the way that mo- moving on to the defense here um, and sort of yeah. how the D can play against the offense, because if they can at least get the ball in the end zone of a time or two, I truly, I don't know about Kirk cousins outside the 1 PM window. It's a theory and there's no science behind it, but the guy truly can't play outside one o'clock in the afternoon. It's kind of bizarre. He plays a game at one in the afternoon and he throws for 400 yards, 150 and two touchdowns to Justin Jefferson. They fly home and he has chains on his neck and he's shirtless with his, his six pack out and he's rocking around like he's Kurt Warner in the greatest show on turf at one o'clock. And then they play at four o'clock or at night and he literally forgets how to play football. It's the weird, it, it's bizarre. It's like, you talk about having a head on your shoulders. That's something that's like, that's a psyche thing as a quarterback that you need to be able to get over. So if they can score on offense, I think they're going to be okay on defense because it's a night game with Kirk cousins. Um, I'm, they've had an outstanding defense anyway. Um, they're going to have their work cut out for them strictly because of guys like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin cook. Like those are playmakers. They haven't had they, – I think they have the eighth fewest rushing yards this season the Vikings do. It's because they throw the ball a lot. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook's still a solid back that you have a game plan for. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how this plays out because strictly because it's an, a night game for, for Kirk Cousins versus a 1 p.m. game. Okay, let, let's go beyond the, the day-night thing. I'll give you <laughs> something a little more concrete, although I do love yes. that. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's not like – it's true. It happens. I know you got concrete instead of a theory here, but let's hear it. Yeah, no, so so Kirk Cousins, from a clean pocket this year, is completing 74% of his passes. When he's under pressure, that number drops to 42%. That's bottom five in the league. Mm. If you pressure Kirk Cousins, I don't care what time of day it is. 
he's going to throw up all over himself. Well, the good thing for the Vikings, part of the reason they're eight and two, despite, by the way, having a negative two point differential on the yeah. season. Eight and yeah, two at negative two. Part of the reason they've been able to get there is they have Christian Derrissaw, 23rd overall pick in 2021. He's been excellent this year. Entered yep. the week as PFF's number one ranked offensive lineman. He's not playing Thursday night. He it, hope, hope he's okay. Suffered a second concussion as many concussion. weeks. Good on Kevin O'Connell for just saying right away, we're not even going to chance it. He's not going to play. We're not going to risk it. Like Vikings handled that correctly. But on the football side of things, uh, Kirk Cousins was replaced by a guy named, and I have to pull it up because I can't even remember his name. Uh, it's Blake something. Blake, he like doesn't even have a name. His page won't load. It's insane. What is it uh, for? Blake Brandell. Blake Brandell is oh, the backup. Yeah. He's only played 80 snaps this season coming into this, this upcoming game. He played 39 last week, 39 the week before that. One snap previous. And then last year, he only played about 60-something offensive snaps total. Allowed four pressures and two sacks last week. If on the Patriots, I'm lining Matthew Judon up across from this guy all every game. single one and, and run those games where you're going to get him one-on-one and they'll be in Kirk's face throughout the night, throughout the night. And again, you put pressure on him. He's a, he, he panics. He turns into a puddle. So mm-hmm. that, that to me is, is massive. And, and we can get into Justin Jefferson in a second and his impact, but I think them losing Darisau and, and giving the Patriots a real weak spot to attack on that offensive line can really change the game. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's like, I mean, I guess we can build off of it and what you were just saying as far as Justin Jefferson and the weapons they have because yeah, it's going to be tough for them to keep Kirk, keep Kirk upright because of the loss of Darisaw. But if they can, they have weapons in obviously Justin Jefferson, who's probably the greatest or the best wide receiver in football right now. Uh, they have Adam Thielen, who he's getting older in age, but he's still a he's a weapon. Um, and then they have TJ Hawkinson, who is one a really good tight end who they're playing uh, for a second time this season um, with Kyle Duggar in the game against the lions uh, in week five Hawkinson only had one catch for six yards. So they were able to properly defend against the tight end the last time the lions didn't have as many weapons outside of Hawkinson. However, where the, the Vikings do have guys like Jefferson and Thielen. So I guess I'll, I'll, volleyball to you here how do you see them kind of lining up against these guys and how do they make it happen take away justin jefferson make kirk beat with everybody else's passer rating when throwing at justin jefferson this year is 100 drops by 20 points when he's throwing anybody else yeah so you know adam Thielen's is good he's not the player he once was i think you still see uh tj hawksing being eased into this Dalvin Cook's a good player. Honestly, Dalvin Cook probably worries me more than Thielen at this point, more than anybody besides um, besides Jefferson, and they've had trouble right. with those receiving backs, so he kind of scares me, but they are going to mug Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is going to smell like whatever deodorant Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones wear after this game. Right. Like He's going to get to know them on a very personal basis throughout this game and make Kirk beat you with the other guys, and I think if you do that you, and you apply the pressure, he's going to panic. Well, the you look at receiving yards, and I, I have their their team stats up yeah. here now. They've had success throwing the football, and it's like all Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson leads them with one thousand ninety three yards on the season. Their second highest is Thielen with four hundred ninety two. So, uh, Jefferson nearly doubles the receiving yards that Thielen has. So, again, you take away Justin Jefferson, you hope that Kyle Duggar can man up on Hawk like he did against the Lions, and. Get some pressure, and I mean, it sounds simple, but I feel like that's that's the best way you do it here, right? Yeah, and I mean that this this is the kind of offense that Bill Belichick has put, to, you know, has has knocked off for years. Right. You do one thing really well. All right, we're gonna take that away. We're gonna like you can beat us with Adam Thielen. You can beat us with Dalvin Cook. Do it. Do it. Prove you can do it. That's you know that's kind of what they do, and I. Can Kirk Cousins do it? If they had Darisau in the game, I'd probably feel better about it. Honestly, I think he's that big of a difference maker at left tackle. Right. And Patriots fans, I think we all know right now what a difference a good tackle can make or not. Yeah. I think we're all living that on our own. Um, but I I like the matchup for the Patriots. I, I do. I, I The Vikings are a good team, don't get me wrong, but they, I, I don't think they're necessarily as good as their record indicates. Again, I, I mentioned the minus two scoring differential. Right. 
I also think that this is this is the beauty of football, where are the, the Vikings are a good team, sure. They might have more total roster talent than the Patriots even, but their strengths, like what they do well and what they need to do to win games, just line up perfectly with what the Patriots do well to stop teams from winning games. Like yeah. it's it's strength on strength, and those games generally heavily, heavily favor the Patriots. So yeah. That that's kind of my read on it. Like Vikings are still good, but it, it's it's almost like kind of in the same way the Jets got the Jets lost to the Patriots badly. They then beat the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. and then lost to the Patriots in an embarrassing way again. Are the Patriots better than the Bills? Is that the parody? I might sit here and say that because I'm a lunatic and I hate the Bills. But <laughs> the reality is sometimes it doesn't matter which team is better. Just flat out, you know, overall Madden rating out of 100. Sometimes the more important thing is in specific elements of the game, where are the strengths and the weaknesses? This is a big time, like where are the strengths and weaknesses game between the Patriots and the Vikings, the way it all lines up just makes it really favorable to the Patriots. Right. See, obviously you're on the show to be more so the X's and O's guy. I try and just, I look at football as like a momentum and vibes kind of sport I look sometimes. look at like jazz. Well, well, I mean, it's right? Like, like chat. Yeah. No, but, but don't say that because I'm a big time momentum and vibes guy too. I know, but well, I you just can have that and the X's and O's. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. But I I heavily weigh on that. And, and like, I, when we get to the draft, it's just fine. The draft is just yeah, fine. it's all yeah, vibes, the draft. But, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's jazz, man. Um, but so no, like, so I look at it where if the Vikings had been able to get through, um, Dallas this weekend, which they got yeah. smoked. And that's sort of that, that's as much as you, you came down my, not came down my throat, but you told me uh, that, where am I going with this? Anyway. I don't know. I've told you a lot of things. Yeah, no, but so the thing with, uh, I completely lost my train of thought. They got smoked by the, Vi- the they got smoked by Dallas. Oh yeah, they got smoked. They, they got smoked by Dallas. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe they, do you think they're going to be pissed? Is this like a sort of edge yes, thing? Like exactly. they just yeah. got their doors blown off. I Yeah, they I, move into they move into this game and they say, "Okay, we just lost to Dallas, now we're actually motivated." Where if they continued they beat Dallas and they kept their their train rolling if you will, the Patriots could have knocked them knocked them with a punch and kind of took them off. And now I just don't think that's going to happen. I I buy that more on a Sunday game. Short week. You got a lot of I, I don't know. I don't think that applies as much on a short week. I just, for whatever reason, I can't, again, it's a vibes thing. I I'm trying to figure out the way to explain it, but like, you know, like the second that Sunday game ends, you're right. instantly thinking about the short week. You're just instant. Like well, it's well, Belichick said it as we soon as it. they were in the locker room yesterday, Belichick right. was like, okay, Wednesday it's night. Wednesday night. Yeah. I just, you don't necessarily get that cool off period. Right. Where you can turn getting your ass kicked into we got to go out and right the ship. You just sort of, that just happened. You're especially like that, like 40 to three. Maybe if it's like you yeah. lose a close game in a battery, like the jets, for instance, if the jets were playing on Thursday night, I'd say the jets might have some of that edge. Cause they know they were that close. I think if you're the Vikings, you, you come into this and you're still looking around like what 40 to three, the hell just happened. So that's, yeah. it's not a bad take, but that's my read on it. Yeah. That's what we'll I still want to know what I told you that brought that up. It was uh, I lost it. I I completely lost it. But anyway, you can read the prediction on clnsmedia.com. What where I think this game's gonna go. I posted it earlier this afternoon. Um, I do ultimately think I think the Pats are gonna go down this weekend. I think the Vikings are gonna win. You can read more as to why. Um, but that's sort of that. The Patriots play the Vikings again uh, on Thanksgiving night at eight twenty. Do you want to do a quick uh, Monday Night Football prediction before we get out of here? I mean, I think we have to do college. Yeah, football we do too, right? Because college football, yeah, is the NFL true. Now. College football. There's no good teams. There's no good teams. It's it's yeah. th- that week and the slate was supposed to be horrible, right? And we're oh, there's no games. And yeah, I guess you got USC, UCLA, like that'll be good. But leading up to it, oh, so good. Every good team almost lost. I know. And the only thing that sucked was Clemson looked good because they're gonna backdoor their way into this thing. It's gonna really tick me off, but. Oh, it, it, this these next two weeks, you know, rivalry week, conference championship. Is that like Georgia to me is the only lock right now. Like they could lose. Yeah. Although then again, Georgia Tech, 
Georgia Tech just won. won who did they yeah, beat? I, they I, beat? I have trouble uh, keeping track of all of it. Uh, they beat North Carolina. North Carolina. So like With Drake May, yeah. But like Georgia to me could still lose to LSU and get in. If Ohio State loses to Michigan, they've got a close loss to Maryland, who's terrible. They've got, you know, they struggled with Northwestern for a while. It's going to be interesting to see this, the rankings tonight. I don't think they're still going to be two. Yeah. Right. I don't think Ohio State is is locked yet. I think they need to win out. Obviously, TCU needs to win out. Tennessee might be eliminated. Tennessee, we might just forget about. Yeah, them. no, they're done. They don't have a quarterback you, either now. So yeah, and he's and that sucks, man. He was so much fun to watch. Hendon Hooker, you know, hoping hoping the best for him. Right. LSU's maybe like sneaking back into this thing now. Like if they beat Georgia, they might have a shot. Um, again, it sucks. Clemson's still involved. I don't like Clemson. I just don't like them. Notre Dame might backdoor their way into this thing. Like even in the, even in the non-power five uh, Cincinnati now might, they might beat UCF and oh, it's a sprint to the finish. This is great. My it, gripe. My gripe. gripe. Don't go, tell me go. the 12 team playoff will make this work worse because those first four round buys are massive and home field advantage is massive. This is awesome. If there was every year to have 12 teams because the gap that everybody, oh, it's Alabama and Georgia and everybody else. Right. The gap's not there this year. The gap is not there. Everybody's like, okay. And it's going to be a great sprint to the finish and a great playoff. My gripe here, Alex, and I've tweeted yeah. at you and I've talked to you about it. And it's USC and Caleb Williams because, and I, I'm, I can't oh, believe they have a great shot. They, I, they were the biggest winners of the weekend. I think of anybody. I'm such a fan of that team. I was a, a fan of that team when Slovis was there. Yeah. And now they back, they're back. They get Lincoln Riley. They got Caleb Williams in there. He's slinging the ball all season long. I'm like, it's USC. They're going to drop one of these games. I wanted to bet Caleb Williams to win the Heisman, and I didn't. It was 12 to 1 odds on Friday. I turned to you in the media room at Gillette, and I said, should yeah. I bet it? And you said, I don't know. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I forgot about it. And then CJ Stroud struggles. Caleb Williams goes off, beats UCLA 50 to 45, whatever it was. And Caleb Williams is now like plus 120 to win the Heisman, like just behind Stroud. He's going to probably win the award if they can get through Notre Dame this weekend, which I think they will. So not necessarily my, my friend, Fred, shout out to Fred. He also told me not to bet it. And yeah, I think you guys each owe me money uh, on that front. Uh, hey, I'm just saying so. you got to respect the West coast bias in this thing. You don't have to like it. I don't like it, but no, I know. They net the West Coast, man. It, it's all the voters. The voters are old. They go to bed at eight o'clock. They didn't. They yeah. didn't see that. They didn't see You're that right. performance. Yeah, so, Pac-12 after out, dark. Shout out DTR, by the way, too. Like gutsy, yes. gutsy stuff. That dude could play for my team anytime. I'll find a role for him. Yeah, talk he about it out. Talk about every. We we kind of went on that whole rant earlier about Zach Wilson. Everything he isn't. You think those guys like playing behind DTR? You think those guys like having DTR in locker room? That was right. awesome stuff from him. Gutsy, gutsy performance. So. Yeah, USC, Oregon, Pac-12 championship. Hopefully, that's going to be an amazing game as well. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like what I've seen from USC. I mean, they're they're going to be right there. Right now, my playoff, like picking kind of games going forward. Like I, I have Georgia winning out. I, I do have Ohio State winning out. I just think if, especially yeah. if Blake Corms banged up, Michigan's just not going to be able to do it. Um, Right now, my I, three of my final four, I feel good about. I think you're going to get Georgia, you're going to get Ohio State. I think USC might end up as the three seed. Yeah, right. Because after that, you know, if TCU wins out, they probably still get in. But I'm not. Texas. You don't top think they? Man. You don't think it would be TCU at three and USC at four? It depends how USC beats Oregon, but yeah, that's true. USC's got some awesome wins on that schedule. Like yeah. awesome. And it's, what have you done for me lately? They, you know, their best wins are coming down the stretch here. TCU's best wins were earlier in the year. So like maybe it's TCU, maybe LSU sneaks in. I, there it's, it's going to be great. There's a lot to be decided. I think USC is in. I, I think right now tonight, well, I think USC will be a top five team tonight. Yeah. Because they're still going to have Ohio State and Michigan both in the top five. Obviously, it's not going to stay that way. They play each other this week. Right. I think USC is going to be top five team tonight. Yeah. Which essentially means on track for play, control their own destiny for a playoff spot. Right. Yep. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But again, an amazing weekend of college football yet again. You have an even better one this weekend with rivalry, rivalry week. So I'm sure we'll 
we'll get into a huge college football minute uh, next week as well. Yeah. Um, but that's that for college football. Let's quickly do Monday Night Football before we get out of here. You're going to remind me what the game is tonight. The 49ers are the away team. The Cardinals are the yeah. home team, but they are oh, playing oh. in Mexico City. And Kyler's not there, and right? Kyler He's is out. not there. Yep. So Colt McCoy is playing, and he is a 10-point underdog against uh, – Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. My guy, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to do it because I'm the Jimmy guy on the show. I'm just going to say I have Niners minus 10. I'm sure you want to bet against Jimmy, so that, that can be our record if that's... So here's what I'll say. I think I'm 0 for like 8. Granted, I'm picking most of these games off of my Yeah, guy. right. But I haven't won in a while. Okay. Love my guy, Colt McCoy. You know, from when I first started watching college football, those yeah, Texas college teams, football minute, turn it right into so this. Cool, yep. So cool, he's hung around the league as long as he can. It would be really cool to see him upset Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick the Niners. Okay, I'm going to pick the Niners, and and either my streak is over. I'm going to pick the Niners like I should. Yep, outright, outright. I'm just pick, I forget the spread. I'm picking outright. Sure. Either my my dry my 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 cold streak ends. Or Jimmy Garoppolo loses to Colt McCoy. Uh, okay. Either way, I win. You so, know what? I'll, I'll go. I'll take. There. I'll take Colt then. You can have Jimmy in the Niners. I'll take Colt in the Colt in the Cardinals. We'll go with that. Uh, hook him. All right. Um, in Arizona, uh, not in Arizona. It's in Mexico City too. Interesting. So yeah. NFL continues to branch that out. Um, I did think of what uh, I lost my train of thought on, and it was just the vibes thing, where I said oh. that I'm a vibes guy with uh, with Dallas and that whole thing, and I used it. Earlier in the show, when Kirk Cousins is just not a one p.m. or he's a oh, one yeah. p.m. guy, and that's it. It had not. There was no logic behind it. It was just pure Kirk Cousins vibes. And well, so I would have loved to see isn't. you pick Arizona tonight if Kyler was playing this close to the release of Call of Duty. That's a good point. Unfortunately, we have we're not going to see that this week because he's out with the ankle injury. But uh, down the line, we'll be able to test that theory with Kyler and Call of Duty. Um, yeah. So that's it for us on Patriots beat. Uh, for tonight, anyway, me and Alex will be back on Friday. Um, still haven't ironed out a time yet, but we're going to be back Friday to break down Patriots versus Vikings on Thanksgiving even further. Uh, so we'll be back again Friday, and then we'll be back the following week to uh, to preview the next game. Patriots have uh, quite the stretch upcoming. A um, couple night games, a couple primetime games. So it's going to be funky here on Patch Beat for a little while with our schedule, but we'll keep you updated. We'll keep you tuned in. So, again, thanks for watching. You can follow Alex on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. And you can read his stuff on NFFathesports.com. You can do the same for me. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Catholic and read my stuff. I have a game preview up for Patriots Vikings already, so you can go check that out at CLMSmedia.com. Until Friday, thank you all for watching, and we'll see you then.